welcome back to another episode of Phobia Friday. So Phobia Friday is the short little mini-series as a subdivision or sub-podcast of the FearCast. The FearCast, of course, is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, treatment, and getting your life back. Um, My name is Kevin Foss, by the way. I'm a licensed clinician. I specialize in the treatment of these things. Um, And uh, we are going to be talking today about a phobia. So just very briefly before we jump into this, um, if you would like to learn a little bit more about phobias or anxiety or OCD, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Uh, you can uh, see all the past uh, uh, past episodes of the Fearcast and, uh, and Phobia Friday to learn a little bit more about those things. Um, also, this is, um, this is uh, the Fearcast is ideally, or has historically been, a uh, question and answer based podcast. So if you have a question about a phobia, or if you have a a question about this episode's phobia, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can go to the submit a question link there and you can ask a question about it. And I will likely put that up on a future episode of either Phobia Friday or even of the Fearcast itself. If you would also like to share your experience with a phobia or even this phobia, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can let me know about it there. And uh, perhaps if you'd even be willing, I'd be more than happy to interview you about your experience. So uh, consider doing that if that's something that you are interested in or would like to challenge yourself with. Uh, that would be fantastic. So why don't we just jump right into this? So the first thing to do is to define the difference between a fear and a phobia. The fear is going to be that unpleasant emotion caused by the perception of danger, whereas the phobia is going to be an excessive and persistent fear of objects or situations that may or may not be actual threats. So, and sufferers of phobias often respond to those phobias with excessive attention, energy, action, and avoidance. So, the key here is the excessive part. All right, everybody. So, this episode, we're going to be talking about something, and I'm going to try to make this one right again, casadastrophobia. Casadastrophobia. I think I'm saying it right. Um, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But uh, Phobia Wiki defines this as the irrational or pathological fear of falling toward the sky. So this is actually one that I was aware of when I was very, very little. I distinctly remember in elementary school walking around and looking at um, looking at the building. So um, uh, Southern California schools are generally built to be open to the elements. So there's obviously the classrooms, but uh, like the we don't really have like hallways. All the hallways are generally open to the outside because we have, I guess, good weather down here. Um, but you know. Walking around, some of them have coverings, some of them have like half coverings, some of them have awnings. Um, and I, I kind of had this thought like as I was walking around going, you know, if gravity just reversed itself and I flew upward, what would stop me from falling just into the sky, into the nothingness of the sky? And I would kind of just be aware of, you know, the awnings or, you know, if there was like an overhang on uh, from from the roof, like, oh, okay, if I, you know, like if that happened, like, I okay, I'd fall there, I'd probably bonk my head, sure. But, you know, I'd be able to crawl over to that section and that section, I, you know, I'd be I'd be relatively safe. And that was something that, that I was aware of when I was very, very little. And so as I grew up, you know, obviously, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to mention this to anybody because they're going to think I'm crazy, right? But as I grew older, I would hear other people talk about this and go, wait a minute, other people think about this stuff too? Really? And then later down the line, I finally looked it up or I'd heard it, I'd forget exactly which one and read that there was this big, long, ridiculous name and went, 
this is a thing. This is a thing that other people are aware of. So, it even has a name, Cassidastrophobia. So, um, the Urban Dish- Dictionary, as you know, as wise and factual as the Urban Dictionary is, it actually says that the, the Cassidastrophobia is has has Latin roots in the name. So, Cass meaning to fall, add toward, Astra star phobia, the fear of. So, the fear of falling towards the stars. I suppose that makes sense. So, so what what is this, right? What is cassidastrophobia, the fear of falling into the sky or a fear of falling upward? Um, well, it can certainly present as just a, a fear that, that gravity is going to stop and we're going to start to float and eventually float away. Um, as, as I mentioned, um, my, my awareness was, or my thought, or I suppose we could categorize it as a light fear, uh, from my, in my experience, that gravity is just going to outright reverse and we're just going to get sucked up into the sky. Um, and, and this can certainly lead to an anxiety and avoidance and panic attacks in, in some people. So that's the, so what we just talked about was kind of the, the obsessive thought and uh, in some of the ways that it can impact people. So in, in my research on this for this episode, I came across a, a lot of people report having fears specifically at, at night or specifically when they're when they're viewing the stars or looking up at the stars at night, um, that, that that is one of the ways that their anxiety is uniquely triggered. And I suppose that for some, that's going to extend to the daytime. So if you are outside or I suppose even inside looking up at the, at the sky, looking up at the clouds, looking up at, you know, airplanes as they pass by, even just straight up looking at trees. If you're looking up, you're looking at the thing that could suck you up into the sky. So that can certainly be a trigger for some. Now, I came across this term, and I think it's actually pretty accurate. Um, so, some would categorize this or put castastrophobia uh, in what's called the category of a fantasy phobia. So, this is a term that describes a phobia that that just cannot happen, or that I'll say this, or it's very unlikely to happen. So. This one we could we could reasonably say, and I suppose we'll, we'll we'll touch on this when we get into the treatment section. But we could say, logically speaking, this one's never going to happen. That's not the way gravity works. I hate to tell you, it this one's not going to happen. Now that problem is is that because just because it's never going to happen due to physics doesn't mean it's going to stop our brain from not being worried about this, right? But a fantasy phobia is going to extend to anything that is either impossible or is just highly, highly, highly unlikely to happen. All right, so what are some general symptoms or some generalized symptoms of this? Well, as I mentioned, that uh, people can be uh, uh, anxious about going outside. They can be anxious about looking up into the sky. But they, it can also extend to the fear of flying. It uh, extends to the, the, the fear of, again, looking up into the sky or anything uh, looking up. Um, some even report being being nervous or being anxious about um, seeing the sky's reflection. So if you think about like if you've ever seen like a really still lake and you look into it or even on the ocean and, and it can reflect uh, the sky or, or elements um, that, that are up, um, that can trigger some people. So some even described even just looking off really far into the distance can trigger this for them. Um, now, one person in, in what I was reading said that they, they were also triggered by um, looking through floors. So I suppose it would either be lo- looking looking down through cracks in the floor, or looking various in, in, up through something. Um, this one doesn't quite make sense to me, but I will say that none of this needs to make sense, right? It all is irrational. It's a fantasy phobia, right? 
Lastly, some even described this this fear being associated with a worry about being trapped or even being in tunnels or on bridges. So I suppose there's this connection with this vulnerability, right? We are stuck in something or we are stuck on something and there's only one way out um, that is is reasonable or safe. And then the other option feels very um, nerve wracking, right? So if you have this fear, there might be compulsions that you're doing. Now, again, the compulsion is going to be anything that we do to try to undermine, alleviate, avoid, or otherwise just get rid of this fear or make sure that this fear is never going to happen in the way that our silly brain is telling us, right? So in extreme circumstances, people with castastrophobia might avoid just going outside because you never know, right? So... That is not going to be the case for everybody. There can be just a resistance or maybe a hesitation to be out in open spaces because there's a sense of or an association with open spaces being being a vulnerable place, right? You're then open up to the possibility of harm, right? Some people prefer being surrounded by buildings or trees. In other words, having things being taller than them, um, kind of having something above them or around them somehow feels safer. Um, and, and to that point, I, I can certainly acknowledge that. I, I have, in my ridiculous fear of heights, and I know this is kind of the, the then reverse of this, um, when um, I specifically noticed this when I was uh, uh, skiing or snowboarding as a younger fella, um, and uh, if you go if you're ha- if you're over halfway up the mountain, if I am over halfway up the mountain, and there isn't really a whole lot above me, oh my gosh, I felt uncertain, I felt unstable, and my feet started to cramp up like I was a bird trying to grab onto a branch or something like that. It felt really weird. But if I was lower, if I was kind of at the base of the mountain and kind of somewhere like between the base and halfway up, I felt completely fine. Does it make sense? No, but it doesn't need to, right? Now, of course, while I did just mention that some prefer to be around buildings or tall trees, I also read that some stories about people who avoid being around tall buildings or looking up at them as that is kind of those tall buildings are connected to the sky and it kind of triggers that thought of being sucked up into the sky. So lastly, some people will also describe preferring to walk close to buildings or uh, close to walls just to make sure that if they do fall upward, they're going to fall onto something. Ultimately, within this, there, there's going to be a lot of hyper-awareness of where you are and the hyper-awareness of the surroundings that, that uh, of where you're at, just to make sure that if just by the off chance that something were to happen, you get sucked up, you land on a thing, and that you're going to ultimately be safe. Because what's going to happen if you get sucked up into the sky? I don't know. But that actually brings me then to the, the the treatment part of this. So the treatment for this is obviously going to be, from my perspective, it's going to be cognitive behavioral therapy, exposure and response prevention, and mindfulness. So the first thing we're going to do, if, you're, if you are in treatment, the first thing I'm going to do in, in advice to y'all who are listening to this is to consider what is the story? What is your brain telling you about this? And then to use as best you possibly can, what is your most logical, reasonable, rational brain say about this? You can go through, you know, how often does this happen? Is this something that happens a lot? How many times have you experienced the reversal of gravity? How many times have you heard stories about it? And you're going to sit here and probably say, Kevin, never, but it's irrational. 
And I'm going to say, great, you are absolutely right. Because part of what we want to do is to bring in our rational brain in those situations where our anxiety is kicking up. We can use our rational brain as grounding and as motivation and encouragement to go do the thing that we're afraid of. That's what our giant prefrontal cortex is good for. It's good for defying our dumb lizard brain that just says, seek safety all the time. Don't do anything dangerous because you might get hurt. And that's bad. So we're going to use our giant prefrontal cortex to override that and say, okay, I know this is scary, but I'm going to do this anyways. And that's the motivation that we have to go do exposures. So in addition to that, one thing that we can do is to consider, you know, who's the most logical person we know? Who's the most rational, down-to-earth person we know? No pun intended. Um, but uh, who's that person? And I go, okay, if I were to go up to that person and say, hey, logical person, so I really need to be near buildings or I can't really go outside because I'm afraid that just in case, you know, gravity reverses, I'm not going to get sucked up into the sky. Do you think they're going to go, you know what, you're totally right. That's a good thought. You should make sure that you never go outside. Do you think that they would say that? Or do you think they're going to go... That sounds a little crazy. Now, again, I use the word crazy liberally and lovingly, as I think we all should in regards to our own anxieties. But you can say, all right, the most logical person was, again, down to earth, reasonable friend of mine or family member who, or loved one who cares about me. They aren't worried about this and they aren't uh, uh, caught up on this thought. And they're reasonable. Maybe I can trust their rationale, even though my gut and my anxiety is suggesting otherwise. So, mindfulness as a tool, by the way, is just going to be used as, as, a, as a technique to start getting used to and making space for our anxiety. Our compulsions are there to try to get rid of the fear, get rid of our, our discomfort. We want to use mindfulness to just gently acknowledge and accept the fact that we're feeling uncomfortable and to remind ourselves, you know what, fear and discomfort is part of living life, and that that's okay. You and I can survive that feeling, and we're gonna we're gonna make space for it and monitor, meaning tolerate tolerate that feeling as it's there for the time that it's there, and notice the quality of it. How does that anxiety sit in my body? Where is it? Take curiosity on it. Is it in my stomach? Is it in my chest? Is it in my shoulders? Is it in my back? Is it in my feet? And just stay with that and go, okay, I feel that feeling, but what else is happening around me too? I am snowboarding. I'm in my office. I'm walking to class. I am going to this business meeting. And kind of say, okay, these are the things that are actually happening right now. Additionally, I'm having this thought. All right, I can accept this thought as a thought, but my reality differs from this thought. And I can't predict the future and I can't attempt to do so. But I can say right now, nothing's happening. Or right now, all of X is happening. So all of that can help you to just get used to that feeling. But ultimately, the most important thing that we can do is to expose ourselves to that fear and exposing ourselves and also pulling back from any compulsive behaviors. So one of the things that we can do then is to make being outside a part of life. So for you, going to restaurants that are outside, walking more often, hiking with friends, uh, parking on the top of parking structures, all of these things that are going to help you to avoid or prevent being around coverings or being in those, quote, dangerous or uncomfortable places. Secondly, I would challenge you to to walk where there are no coverings overhead. So take the path to class that doesn't involve coverings. Take the class to or take the walk to work that doesn't involve coverings. Another thing that you can do if if you're worried about that that looking up structure or that looking up effect, 
start with a, a tall building, or maybe there's a building that, that you got that you're triggered by particularly. So stand outside of it and look at the bottom of it, and then slowly start bringing your eyes upward towards you know one floor at a time, and stay at that one floor visually until your anxiety starts coming down a little bit, or until you start to f- that that if discomfort starts to dissipate because it eventually will. And then challenge yourself to go one step up and notice that floor and then go back to your body and notice that feeling and then go back to the floor and see, okay, am I willing to then go up again to the next one and keep going up until you're looking at the top? Ride that wave of anxiety as you progressively start to go up and then down with your anxiety and waiting for those kind of butterfly, that uncomfortable feeling to eventually subside. So lastly, um, and there are a lot of other things that you can certainly do with this. So I'm going to include an, a video on the episode page f- on, on fearcastpodcast.com. Um, and it's a video that is of this fear and it's of things uh, of gravity reversing and things just flying up. This video might be triggering to some folks. If you actually, if you do in fact have cassidastrophobia, this might be triggering to you. So just know that the point of this is to watch it and to say, yeah, this feels uncomfortable. And maybe this could happen, though it's highly, highly unlikely. But we're going to sit and to tolerate the thought of it. Because in the actual event of gravity reversing itself, that would be awful, objectively awful. However, it's not happening yet. What's happening right now is you sitting at your computer watching that video, or you looking outside, or you in a field somewhere looking up at the stars. That's what's actually happening, not you falling into the sky. Separating those two and to recognize that we have thoughts and we have feelings and we have our genuine experience around. Our thoughts, images, feelings, sensations, and urges, sure, they they help you to get an idea of what the reality is right now, but they the thought, the content of that thought isn't the reality. The presence of the thought is the reality. So this is the short episode on cassidastrophobia. I hope you enjoyed it, everybody. If you have questions about this, again, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and shoot me a message over there. Um, if you would like to share your story, again, message me over there. Um, and if you would like to discuss another fear for uh, for a future episode, let me know as well. Please remember, everybody, that the Fearcast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need help in your own recovery, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. There's going to be the Find Help link there. Click on that and you'll be able to uh, find some links that might be helpful. All right, everybody, you made it through again. Please remember, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously.